And we're live. It's Bradley J. It's the J cast for Sunday. And we have Steve Kilroy here. Steve Kilroy is a drummer for, he has been in a million bands and we'll get to what he's doing now. Steve, hi. Hello, Bradley. How Hello, everybody you? else. Steve's nice to pop, see everybody. Steve's name pops up in lots of our conversations uh, because I, uh, he's been included in a lot of my experiences. And also, he does check in to other broadcasts with comments and I, and I, acknowledge him so this is the steve kilroy that i'm talking about when i talk about him and he comes to us live from holland right yes yeah, so what's technically what's, friesland so the what's netherlands the, what's the difference between the netherlands and holland same thing well, holland's sort of in the middle friesland is up north what's down south what's it called down south Okay. South of Holland. Anyway, so there's Holland, three parts. Holland Holland's sort of in the middle. Oh, I mean, oh, the Netherlands. The Netherlands yeah. are three parts. Holland's in the middle. Okay. Yeah. And Friesland is up north where it's cold. I'm way up the tippity top. Near. Where the weather's nice. Near Hamburg. Three hours from Hamburg, Germany. Yep. And you are. Well, I, the last time I saw you, you were gigging with, with Nirvana, your Nirvana tribute band. That's spelled. Yeah, luckily. Yeah, NERVA. Luckily, we snuck in one little tour here. We we got to do a really nice festival in Barcelona. Did a gig in Germany. Did a gig in Belgium. Did one in in, in Holland up here in the Netherlands. So we're going to explore the the life and adventures and challenges of a drummer who, who's really stuck with it and is, has been living the dream off and on for a long, 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 long time. Yes. I, I suppose it'll be fun to go back for 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 WBCN people. To talk about how I met you, and it was in the eighties, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? I don't know. I think we met in ninety one. Do you remember when we actually met? I think it was it was about ninety ninety one. Was when I was playing with that Restless Souls band, and I had had a spinal injury, and was bored. And and my friend uh, Bob was working the listener line, and the I BCN said, "Well, list, the BCN how do I do that?" So he gave me someone's someone's number, and I just you know came in to answer phones and smoke cigarettes and meet rock stars. You know, it's just there was nothing. I was just bored at the time because of my spinal injury. I couldn't do much else. So, how'd you get a spinal injury? I someone I, I was at work and I, I used to deliver packages, and someone handed me a huge heavy box, and it, just, it cracked one of my vertebrae. Uh, it wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't need surgery or anything, but it was uh, enough to lay me up for six months or so. Wow. And so then you became a uh, listen line guy and we hit it off and you became producer, whatever that is, but you would get record. Was it, did we still have records at the time? You, we did, right? Yeah. There was, there was still, you know, there was CDs mostly, but there was still vinyl because okay. you had, you know, you had your, your, you still had your pick every hour for one rec for one or two songs or something like that. And I would set up the commercials for you and, we would talk about if a guest was coming in, we would talk about questions and I would do some research as much as I could without internet. Yeah. <laughs> no internet, man. Like, no. How, what did we do? How did you find stuff out? I don't know. Yeah. Touring was also quite fun without the internet <laughs> and cell phones. Right. Okay. So then we, you know, we hung out quite a bit. You, uh, you, we're friends with Jason Steinberg, who is a promotions yeah. guy at WBCN. And you got, we were both Mustang people. You bought a Mustang in California, drove it back with Jason. And I also yeah, had yeah. a Mustang. And I guess that was the 90s. And yeah. Uh, we, yeah, that we, was a lot of fun. We did 
some, and then we would party after the yeah. show. And Tammy Heidi would hang around with us, and it was, yeah, we used to all just party all night, like there was like nothing else. Like I mean, actually, just, all night, like the sun yes. came up. All yes, night. <laughs> doing mushrooms and whatever else. Me. And then, <laughs> well, the that next, was me personally. The next thing I remember, I mean, there's a lot of time that passed between then and this next thing, but. We were at the tattoo convention in like 08, I think. The Cyclorama. 08? Yeah. I think it was around 08, yeah. Wow. That's my recollection. And I was learning Ableton Live and doing, starting to do mashups because, because Jeff Hudson of Jeff and Jane. Oh, oh, oh. We were in Jeff That's and the Jane one thing Hudson. I forgot to put in my little point in my bullet point sheet was, yeah, the one Jeff and Jane gig I did. Just pretty, you did only one. I love that. I think so. Maybe it was more than one, but I know I did that one where I, I know <laughs> yeah, where I was in a stupid outfit. On oh, you sure? Just the one. Yeah, <laughs> just to, just to be fun. Uh, yeah. You wore a dress and pigtails, correct? Yes. Yeah. Which is fun. So did Frank Zappa. So you know, it was a mini dress. You know, to be. But nobody better than I did. They nobody. No, no one said anything. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Jeff's Jeff's face. It just looked right. Okay, there we go. So Pete Lineback says hi. Pete was in a band with. Hey, you. Pete Lineback. Yeah, he was in the Restless Souls. We actually did a reunion show last year at the Regent Theater, which is where Chachi's going to be. Right. We had planned that before the COVID hit, and you know the the theater didn't want to do it. They wanted to do it. They didn't want to do it. You know, they were going to lose a lot of money. So. We made it so that it was worthwhile for them to do it, and we got a good 10-camera shoot and some audio out of the deal. Um, but we did it anyway just for the for the sake of doing it, you know, just doing it in the middle of all that crap because, you know, it's, it was a tough year for everybody in, this, in the industry, right? I mean, so right. we figured, all right, we'll give these guys a night's work at the Regent Theater, and we got what we, you know, we got something out of it as well, plus... You know, it was great to see Pete as, as well back you know, again because he's he's an awesome guy, Pete. So that's right. You were involved with the Jeff and Jane Hudson, a Jeff and Jane Hudson kind of I don't know what you call them, art rock band, like kind of yeah, new, you know, new wave, new wave, you know? new wave, exactly. And I was with them for a while. Yeah, and... that was your good guitar playing debut gig, and they were, you know. <laughs> I know that you you have those feelings about it, but you know they they you, you learned your parts and it was. I fine. did my parts, good. right? I did my job. I, get... sho I showed up. I practiced, and I did. My, the thing I was supposed to do, I did. I yeah, did. that's all you got to do. Did it yeah, half the rock stars up there don't know what they're doing anyway. All right. Make so some then, noise. This is interesting, folks. This this next part, I think. <laughs> uh, Jeff actually it was Jeff Hudson who turned me on to this program, Ableton Live, which became possible because there was enough computing power at that point and some geniuses in berlin came up with a software that could uh change you could take a sample and change the the beat of it you could change the what do you call it the tempo without changing the pitch so you could speed it up and it remained at the same pitch which meant you could mix songs together or chunks of songs together that you just couldn't before and you could do mashups that's how the mashups were born and since i was kind of a club DJ, and I was really interested in that. I used to do mashups at WBCN's New Year's broadcasts and stuff. And at this tattoo convention, Steve said, hey, why don't we do this 
why don't you do that live and I'll play drums along with it. And he was insistent. And so we rehearsed and we were, I loved it. And you know, and don't, 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 don't downplay it either. You also had your original material, which we incorporated in there and Bradley, you write good songs. Don't, Ooh, don't uh, you. give yourself some, some credit. And you had me doing all kinds of stuff. I had a little keyboard. I play that, had a little guitar, play that. Had a kick. Yeah, drum. you were like a one-man orchestra as well as the mashups. It was great. Kick drum and vocals. So I was doing a lot of stuff, and it actually was super fun. I, as you know, I I like the rehearsals just as much as the gigs because just performing. It was good, man. I'm sorry the the mashups that you did, and you did them a lot on BCN too. Before, I can't remember the years that you were doing before that, but you you were sort of ahead of the curve on that. People didn't really understand. I don't think what you were doing, but it was cool. You know, it was like industrial like club music, you know, you could just go on. We It would go on for like 45 minutes to an hour, just like the longest jam. It was just cool. Yeah, a lot of it was heavy. It was fun to mix the heavy stuff with... And the, I loved playing drums to it, too. All the, the tribal stuff with the mallets, you know, it was just... It was right. just cool. It was fun. And, uh, so it was pretty Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor-centric, if you wanted to to think of the, the general vibe. Other stuff would be mixed in, but that it was, was... weird and awesome. That was... And we have videos of it. A lot of the videos we can't show now because they're so politically incorrect. Yes. How boring. <laughs> I know. Absolutely boring. It's a, such a bummer. There's no fun, there's no fun anymore. Yeah, it'll come I can only again. send them to people I know get it. You, I don't, if I put yeah. them in public, it would be, oh, no, no, no. You're exploiting women or whatever. Yes, yes exactly. So Nancy says, hey, what's up? Hello. And so that... Uh, evolved into a much more complicated thing with original music and then the uh, we got uh, Dave Eve your accomplice in your band yes. to to be involved who's just you know so <laughs> changed everything he's so good at Dave's uh, tremendous gu guitar so and mastering things and mixing things yeah, he's just an all around he talent. builds his he builds his own boxes pedals. his own pedals yeah, and yeah. stuff and he's currently with with you when you do your Nirvana thing still, right? Yeah, and the perfect tool, the tool tribute. And we also have an, a new original project called Gravity Wave, which uh, we're working with a singer in Rotterdam. We have a few tracks recorded already. Where I'm, you know, I'm always doing something original with. So, you know, I did the recent project with my Swedish boys called Impetus Vibe, which is members of God's Little Joke and another uh, guitarist from Sweden. And we just finished up an album. So we're releasing that like an EP at a time. And so to finish up the, the Thunder Brothers things, we did get to a gig at the Paradise. And the, and Billy Budd at the Paradise said we, he liked us. And we did all the major clubs in Boston, yep. including Middle East Downstairs with My Life with the Thrill Kill. Yeah, and that was with, wicked. And with uh, Des, Des's uh, Bent yeah. Men. <laughs> yeah. which is, we did the Hemp Fest three times. The Hemp Fest. Played in front of the biggest crowds ever. Awesome. Hempfest three times. And, you know, we did it. We got up on stage, kept together, and had a hula hoop. We had a, we had dancers. And the gig in Holland, of course, that one hoop, gig. Hoop in artists. Holland. And then because of Steve's uh, you know, gung-ho-ness and, and drive, he was the driving force behind getting a gig in Holland, which was at a festival in southern Holland. In the, yes. They shut down the streets, and we did it. You know, we, the fact is, we just did it. And it was in Hellman's. Hellman's, that's right. And we had a, a dancer come with us, Victoria, who's good sport. We said, we said you want to go to Holland and be a dancer? 
Yep. She yeah, she was a good it. sport about it. She just did it. <laughs> yeah. and, and I bet she, that's probably her best memory of her life, yeah. don't you think? It's pretty I don't know. Great. I don't know Victoria anymore. but Anyway, so then, I mean, that's only one of the many things that you've been involved in. And there's the Nirvana tribute and the Tool tribute. And you, you early on got hooked up with Europe and these booking agents and all that uh, really helped power your the Europe touring thing that you do. Yeah. And the next year is going to be actually probably one of our providing. They don't keep locking down over here. We just got word for the perfect tool of a tour in June with them. I can't even announce it yet. We'll play in one of the biggest festivals in Europe in June. And this is going to be unbelievable. So things have always been going well and COVID slowed it down a little bit, but uh, we got signed. All my tributes got signed to, um, Napalm events, which is part of Napalm Records in Austria, and they book everywhere from Russia to the Eastern Bloc to you know to all of all of the UK, and so they're they're taking us all over the place next year. So that's and big, man. Uh, where a lot of people just kind of do it when they're a kid, they get you know they get married and they don't do it anymore. You continue to do it through through everything, thick and thin. Why do you well, suppose? Why do you suppose that you continue? And they don't. Are you, you know, just more says, into it? Anyone can do it if they're into it. I mean, I just love it to death. I can't explain. For me, being on stage is uh, is what a, is why <laughs> is why I push on. I mean, that gig in, that we just had in Barcelona was just unbelievable. It was in an, an old studio called um, uh, venue called the Apollo with one L. Uh, just an old theater, just packed full of people. I mean. Just you can't really beat that. It's better than drugs, that's for sure. And you're so the, the perfect tool is a tool perfect circle tribute band. And Just Nirvana, tool now, but and and Nirvana is the big one for you? Or are they they're equal? both they're both equal. It just depends on which country. Uh, perfect tool certainly um is a I think a bigger marquee in, in this part of Europe. And we can like for instance the the next festival we play is going to be you know in front of eight to ten thousand people or something it's going to be pretty big and yeah people go for it you know so they like they like the tributes i i don't that's just something that i like to do because it takes us around to different places and we get paid for it and you know i i, I love my original projects more but um you know the the opportunities to tour and to make money are few and far between i did one Last year, Jump the Falls my, uh, is the band I'm signed with to Pavement Entertainment, which uh, you can look that up yourself. But we did a tour just before the COVID uh, lockdown. We did a small U.S. tour. And that's more, you know, rewarding for me to, to go do original stuff. But it's costly, you know, and it's hard to get all the people together to do it and to accept the fact that you're not going to make a lot of money if you just want to do the whole grind thing. Um, so the, the tribute thing is fun and it makes you know a decent amount of money. So that's that's why I keep doing that. And one thing that's important to to, to note is that you have to be a real organizer to do all this international stuff because the people in your band are from everywhere. And and then when yes. you, when you lose a like it's hard to find a, a vocal a, a bass player for tool because it's so yes. hard. So the, exactly. your bass player might be from 
our bass Pol- players from Poland. Atlanta. Atlanta <laughs> or Poland. You have, you have people from other countries as well. You And you kind of have to weave that all together, right? That's you that does yeah. that. Yeah, we, we also do a Chris Cornell tribute, which we've only, we've only done once, but I found this singer in Sao Paulo, Brazil, this guy, Tiago Marsh, who's just an unfreaking believable singer. And I just saw him online once, and I'm like, hey, man, do you want to go do a thing? And he's like, yeah. So him and his, his bass player and buddy uh, palled up and came over, and we did one short short run. And yeah, you know, it's it's fun for me to to get together with those kind of people, and that you know, just to have that sort of exchange. And you know, people if they want to do it, they'll make it happen. They'll make their own schedules work around if you have a tour booked. So that's it's not really that that big a deal. All right. And because I'm self-employed, I make my own rules. So. So the the most recent thing you did was Barcelona, big gig in Barcelona. You sent me. A, awesome. a little video clip of that. <laughs> Tell me about that. The not only you know the venue, but what it was like with all those. Well, first folks. of all, don't ever fly Ryanair. <laughs> if it, okay, I'm you know it. any of the stories of Ryanair. It's like it's a bus, and if you if you have no equipment, if you just if you're just a person who wants to go somewhere, it's really it's good, it's cheap, but you know they they're they're just a pain in the ass. But um, and especially these days with COVID and the you know, you have to have your QR codes and American QR codes don't work. So you have to show your, 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 you know, your, your vaccine passport. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a hassle, but you can get through it. Uh, but when we got to Barcelona, they, they really took care of us really well. And a lot of the times when they do that, when they fly you in to do one theater show or whatever, they usually treat you really well. They put you in a nice hotel, you know, you get a nice, you get a nice meal somewhere and, you know, the experience is usually, you know, you give them a list of equipment that you want and uh, it usually works out nice. And this, this was just, it was one of those gigs. It was just one of those dream gigs. Everything worked out well. And there were like, I don't know, how many people? 8,000? Yes. No, no. 5,000? <laughs> no, no, in, that, in that club, it was probably 400, but it looked like a lot more. Oh, all right. Sorry. No, no, and, it's fine. It's, it's still, it's, it's a good amount of people for that room. So it was a full house. It's good. So it's interesting that Nirvana really still commands so so much interest, right? Sure. The, the, I mean, you a, know, they're a marquee band. You know, they're one of the big bands. And our singer is from New York. His name is Joey. He had been doing it for years before I met him. He joined joined up with us in 2016. He's a lefty. He just sounds just like him, and he's just awesome. He's awesome, and we have a, we have a good time. And Nirvana music is great music, so it's a lot of fun to play. Okay, and we were gonna make sure we included some road <clears throat> road stories because yeah. you're you're on the road a lot, and when you're on the road, stories happen. So that we yeah. have four brief four brief stories. I guess let's go. Let's start domestically with the time you had a big old van and you had gotten. You'd made plans to record something in New York, but you were down south in Florida, maybe. Yeah, and you had to drive time, up in a giant storm. Yeah, I lived in Florida briefly, <laughs> uh, which was in and of itself a giant mistake, life mistake. But you know, I remember when that. you're when you're in your early twenties, you know, you can make some giant life errors. So I was living, I was shacked up with this chick down there. Anyway, that's another story. But um, and um, chaotic passes on Asa Hart's records. Which, the band was chaotic past. Yeah, and, and Ace of Hearts, I, I didn't really realize what an honor it was to be on such a label 
uh, that had such influence. I was a little bit clueless back then as to the magnitude of that. But um, we had had a recording session booked in New York, a really high-end studio. And I was in Florida, and the blizzard of the century was coming. This is 1996, the winter of 96. And so I made my way out. I had a 78 Ford van with a 351 Mustang engine in it, like an 18 style van. It was awesome, but it wasn't built for snow. It had slicks on it. And so I thought I was going to beat the storm and I was wrong. And so I left. (laughs) had complete slicks on it. Well, not slicks, but you know, it had street tires. Florida tires, not all season tires. Just right. No, it, it, it had, you know, fat, stupid fat tires, but they, they weren't snow tires. And anyway, it started snowing in Georgia. So I had to drive through like 800 miles of, of blizzard weather up the coast. And this is, as we mentioned, the days before cell phones and before the internet. So uh, when my van broke down when I was in Virginia, I just had to sort of wait by the side of the road. And luckily, a flatbed wrecker came by and put, put my van on the back and dropped me off at a hotel. And I had to rely on the, uh, you know, the niceness of some people at the motel to help me fix my van and get me on my way. And I had no money and I had to get money wired to me on the, on the wire back then to, on Western union. So I was like on the payphone to my, my then manager and he put some money on the wire. And then I had to find a place that was open after the blizzard, which down there, there was, I don't know if you remember, if you had to have money wired to you on Western union, you had to go to a payphone and call a number and then it would tell you where the nearest Western Union was. And then you had to look on your map and you had a map book. So you had to look on your map book and find that place. And I just kept going. I went to like three or four different places. They were all closed because of the blizzard. I eventually I pulled off the highway. I was out of gas, pulled into a gas station and that gas station had a Western Union in it. Just by accident? By accident. I, I went to the cell phone, oh, the, the pay phone and I called and it gave me the address and I looked around and I was in the place. And so even though the guy at the gas station was a total dick and didn't want to give me the money, I eventually got the money out of him and then made my way to New York and made the chaotic pass record. And then there's the, the, uh, (laughs) by the way, Rick Hart, you know, he's, he's, I see him once in a while around the South end. I still speak with him. Chat with him. I love Rick. Love Rick. We had a lot of fun times together. So then there was the time in Turkey. You've done gigs in, Cool and what are some of the more remote areas you've done gigs in? Well, Turkey was certainly the the most exotic place I had been, and when we were going there, we all we had was two names and two telephone numbers of people who were going to meet us at the airport. These are your contacts; they'll meet you, and then they'll tell you what to do. And at the time. And this wasn't even that long ago. I think this was 2012 or something like that. I was like, well, you know, I'd feel better if we had some printed itinerary with, you know, some official looking stuff. No, they don't, they don't do it that way. So like, okay. And so we showed up and there was two different guys. Only one of them spoke broken English. And <laughs> Dave, <laughs> Dave, who has all the luck, someone walked off with his bag. He's your guitar so, player. <clears throat> Dave, Davey is the bass player for this, for the, for the Nirvana thing. So oh, someone, right. wa- someone walked off with his bag and he was trying to deal with the, the 
people at the airport who also didn't, we weren't at the main Istanbul airport. We were on, on outskirts on the smaller airport. And then we had to get in this car with these strangers and drive like three hours into the night towards the Bulgarian border with a guy who was driving a hundred miles an hour the entire way. I'm not even joking. And he was bombing and he had one leg up. He was smoking a cigarette and he had a remote for his stereo. <laughs> so he's driving like a hundred miles an hour with his leg smoking a butt <laughs> and we're all crammed. There's five of us crammed into a car with all the gear and all the luggage. Dave's in his happy place. Cause he's got nothing. He's got no luggage. He's got no, he's got no strings, no effects pedals. And, uh, we ended up, we, we, we got to this hotel in Bulgaria and on, on the border of Bulgaria. We had to give them our passports and everyone was looking at us. They were very, it was a very sketchy place. And they looked at us like we were very shady and, you know, it's amazing. That it actually, but, <laughs> but it all, you didn't crash and, and they didn't steal your passport and the gig happened. And, and yeah, the gig happens. Uh, the people were super nice and they, they rounded up some pedals for Dave and some strings. And we, you know, of course we bought them. We went shopping the next day and bought him some, you know, he bought himself some clothes and some socks and stuff like that. And his bag did come to the town. It did make it. And, uh, yeah, that was a crazy experience. And then each time we had to go, we had, to, uh, we played in five different places in Turkey. So each time we got to a place, they would say, all right, here's your next contacts. You go to the airport, you'll have tickets waiting. So we never had printed itinerary or printed tickets. We had just had to show up at the airport and hope they had our tickets and then show up to another place, hope that people were there to pick us up. And the, the whole thing went like that. And somehow we made it through. And the last gig was in Istanbul. It was, it was amazing. You've been to Istanbul. Istanbul is an amazing place. Club it's was sold out. You know, I, I met some dude from Rhode Island was there. And like, you know, it was, uh, it's just amazing. It was amazing. Well, Istanbul itself is an amazing place. So it, it could have ended at any moment along that crazy chain. It could have gone very sketchy. Really wrong. Things. <laughs> it could have gone really wrong. Yes. So I there's military, like as you know, there's military all over the place there. And, you know, in walking out onto... Tascom Square, and there were, there's always protests and riots. So you, we walked out onto the street one uh, one day, and we're, we're, I turned to my right, and there's all the riot police with a tank to my right, and all the rioters to my left. And I was like, all right, we'll just walk back to you know, <laughs> back to where we came. And uh, there's always dealing with locals, I guess, especially in the United States. Uh, you hear these stories about people getting in bar fights in Texas and all, and you, you didn't get in a bar fight in Texas, but you did have some events that had conflict on around the yeah. edges of them. There was one in uh, Atlanta. Um, yeah, it was in Atlanta with Chaotic Past. We were playing the House of Blues, opening for Deep Purple, which was, you know, we thought was going to be the best gig ever. And we had just loaded in our gear and our guitarist, our then guitarist was out in the back moving the truck around and he, he backed into a pickup truck and there was a bunch of like, you know, gangbang style guys in the back partying. And then they, they were, you know, it was almost game on for them. And we had to, we had to cough up some money for them, for them to, to go away. So uh, is there any damage <laughs> in the, uh, to their vehicle or anything? It's like a small dent or something. And I was and thinking they're going to want like a thousand dollars or something. And they're like, just give me, just give us 50 bucks. <laughs> so my guitarist went to our manager who happened to just show up. And so he gave us the 50 bucks and then they went on their way. But 
you know, that's that's a sort of thing. And then there was out out back of the rat. You have a rat story. Yeah, that was fun too. That was with Skin Game. I don't know if you remember Skin Game. That was like an industrial kind of gothy band from Boston, which was a great band. And we had just finished a gig and we were all hanging out in the back. All of our equipment was on the ground. We we're getting ready to load the van. And uh, one of our friends had passed out drunk. And so they, uh, the rest of the band sort of gathered her up and were taking her inside to take care of her. And so I was left outside alone. And there was just a bunch of, you know, thugs or whatever, breaking bottles off in the distance. And they came over to the van and started smashing my van up, smashing the windows and the, and the mirrors and stuff. And I was alone. So I just, I had a hammer in the back of my van and I just grabbed the hammer and I just stood there in this, like surrounded by my equipment and just watched as they sort of circled me. And <laughs> I just stood there with a the hammer and luckily no one, no one came for me because I, I had really had no choice at that point. Oh, that would have been a bummer. Luckily I've escaped getting my ass kicked on the road so far. Knock on wood. Yeah. And it's usually now, a diplomatic solution, but not so, always. So up till now you have escaped COVID and which is surprising because you've been on, you've had to be on the road a lot and traveling a lot. And yes. And plus because I, I was married here last year and I have a business back home. So I have had no choice but to travel every every two months at minimum sometimes that's a little bit longer sometimes a little shorter but i've made at least half a dozen journeys back and forth and i always knew the risks and i was as careful as i could be and on this last tour it got me and i think luckily i think probably because i'm vaxxed it wasn't so severe and right now folks you're looking at a dude with covid he's got it right now well i'm on the tail end of it monday is my last day of quarantine and uh, yeah, except for, except for, like I said, except for the loss of taste and smell, it, it, was, it wasn't any more severe than like a head cold. So you're and figuring that the, that the vaccination makes it I think so. milder? Okay. Yeah, like I said, my last flu was about 10 times worse than this. And I'm not saying don't, you know, don't be cautious of it because it affects different people different ways. But uh, yeah, uh, but you luckily. Did. And a thing to note, is that you had two negative tests. You, you had sniffles, yes. you got tested, then you got tested again yes. with a home test first, then uh, probably what was a rapid antigen test at a facility. Exactly. And then, They both came up negative, and I know I had it. So you can't always go by the test unless it's a PCR test. That's the only way you can really tell. And, you got and I, wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have even thought of it if after this after this because I, I had had a show on that thursday and i didn't know that i had it but after that show i felt kind of rough you know i was coughing a lot that night and i thought i'm uh, kind of rough i didn't feel like i was dying though i just felt like i had a bad cold right and then i when i got back to um to home here in in friesland i scheduled the tests and uh yeah, so it turned out positive which is unfortunate but now i have the vaccine and i have the antibodies so hopefully now i'm bulletproof at least mostly but you can still get it so if if you've been vaxxed don't let your guard down you know if you're in a crowded place wear your mask if you're not feeling well don't go out yeah if you have to go out wear your stupid mask you know don't infect other people i by the way i have to figure out it looks like we're going to be with this thing for a long time i have to figure out the the most comfortable mask that looks cool for for one thing i hate it around my ears 
So there's yeah. that. I need it. I need I sewed buttons onto my hat, a hat. And so I hook it on the buttons. That's a lot better. But if you have a beard, you put it on your face, it itches your mustache. Yeah. Uh, and there's different philosophies behind this, though. You got to remember, though, Brad, because the, the problem with reusable ones is if it does get on you, if someone coughs and it gets on you, you're not just going to throw it away. So right. I, I really think that the disposable ones are the best ones because then once you're done with your situation, you just throw it away. Yeah. Otherwise, plus, you might still have it on your mask and you could, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And plus, you're touching it all the time. It gets kind of, yes. you want to like, one thing I hate is you go to Dunkin' Donuts. You remember Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> they have it over here now, sadly. Sorry to say. And you, you make your order and they're like picking at their face, right? They're picking at the face, handling money, picking yeah. it. Yeah, what can I do for you? Uh, don't touch your mask unless you have to. But when you, if your nose starts to itch because of it, you kind of, uh, it's. Well, like I, gotta, I said, brother, you can, you can take all the precautions you want. You can be as careful as you want. I was as careful. I wasn't paranoid about it, but I was careful and I was diligent. But, you know, one tiny microscopic speck is all it takes. And then that's that. Yeah. So you do your best. And like, like I said, I'm, I, I would, I'm already all through it and it wasn't so bad for me. Good. So, so musically speaking, you got this big tour coming, big gig or tour coming up in June, right? This big festival. Yeah. And there's, there's going to be another one in the spring with Nirvana and jump the falls. Also, we also take other tours into consideration over here because we get solicited tours by the label. They send us tour offers from different bands. So there's a likelihood that we're going to be doing stuff with that. Um, yeah, I hope to, to be as busy as possible in 2022. You may not have, you know, what you, what you answer here might be obvious. Maybe not. Maybe we'll get some something I didn't expect. But, you know, here's a guy you've made. You've made a life, not necessarily a living, but a life out of your music and your your drumming. Mm -hmm. I could have made a living. What kind of? Shows not to. Do you have any advice for, for people? Like, maybe there's no advice, because if you love it, you're going to do it automatically. And if you don't love it, you're going to stop automatically. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, have, I have some, I have a lot of very, really amazing pro musician friends who do it uh, for work and... I can't say that I'm I, the opportunities that I've had. I, I don't do it for money because that would take the joy away from it, from me. And personally, it would make me feel kind of stale about it. So, like I said, I could make a living at playing music, but I don't want to do things that I don't want to do. So I'm not going to go join, uh, you know, uh, an 80s cover band or some other working band because I want to make money because I just that's I wouldn't enjoy it so I do it personally for the joy of it for the love of it and when I'm on stage it's because I want to be there right you guys do get paid but basically you know it's you're not doing it for the money that but, money goes to expenses and to put back yeah. in the band when I went on tour with Jump the Fall last year I lost I don't know countless thousands of dollars I mean every time I'm away from work I lose countless monies and I'm I'm willing to put the money in if it's something I believe in. Yeah. Now we didn't talk about your what you do for money. <clears throat> Steve is a high, 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 <laughs> high end piano refinisher. And that's one thing I can't escape. I, since I even since I've been here, I've only been here a few weeks, and the work just keeps piling in. And I don't 
have a website. I don't advertise. And it's just one of those things that I've done for so long. I have a reputation for it. Yeah. And it's something I will, con- I will continue to do because it makes me enough money where I, it allows me certain freedoms, but the, uh, yeah, it's, uh, is your, is your business based here only or have you managed to get work? It is based there only. There. I'm starting a new business here. I'm, uh, in the process of starting a new business where I make snare drums, um, from, from bronze, a bell bronze. It's like a really niche thing that happened. That's happened in the last couple of years in the, in the drum industry. Wow. Um, so I'm starting that up here. I'm hoping that that will start to bridge the gap. Uh, but when I come, you know, when I go home, I'm just slammed with piano yeah, piles. I think you're slammed because of COVID. Because these these universities, you know, when everybody went home, I bet they looked around and said, "All right, maybe we can patch up some dorms and oh, those pianos. Let's get those done now while everybody's at home." You think it was actually a half and half deal? I mean, Harvard. I've told you I worked for Harvard for 20 years plus, um, and they just have 200 pianos, roughly on on the campus. They're not even a music school, but they're they have a lot of pianos, and so they have a budget, and that's, that didn't really get affected that much. But at a school like North Bennett Street School, which is a piano rebuilding school, they used to do refinishing as part of their curriculum, and they don't anymore. So I get all their refinishing work, and it stopped last year. Because they they were out of session, so I haven't had any work from North Bennett in the last year and a half, but I anticipate that will pick up again at some point because they're starting sessions again. Hey, where can people see uh, the work you do on the pianos? Because it's spectacular. You must have documented the. uh, Well, you know, you can go to my Facebook page and look at my photo albums and find pictures of my restoration work, and you can also just search for artisan artisan piano restoration. I have a Facebook page. Artisan piano restoration. It's yeah. hard, hard, hard work. It's awful work. And I wish someone else could do it. What? <laughs> I would gladly pay someone to do it if I could find someone, but they're at. But they don't, right. And you can't hire, really can't outsource it because it's very specific skills that you, you know, you, you can't. Yeah, well, people are hiring me to do, for me to do the work. So it's very, people don't want other people doing the work if they hire me to do it. All my clients are very, specific that they want me to do the work right when i get an operation i and i i go to a good doctor i don't want that doctor to like farm it out to some student to, to yeah here's bob operation. he's gonna do <laughs> yeah this is jimmy he's gonna he's, open you up he's, he's 18 right. yeah so uh, so that's great yeah, that stuff. is what it is uh, it's fun to see you in such a good other than the COVID, in such a good place physically mentally uh with your craft, I'm in the best place in my life to be honest you're drumming and all you can tell you gotta. You do have a certain piece, uh, yeah, that emanates peace. I was. Uh, I right was now. quite edgy as I was. When you remember when I was young, I was quite angry and edgy. I sort of lost some of my anger, which is fine. I don't. I don't know if I remember anger. I don't know. Edgy, a little, was, a little edgier, I guess. I don't really like some what was going on back then, but. All right. I've come well, out to a good place. Yes, and you're you're happily <laughs> married. You're happily married to a. Happily married. Love my wife. The Netherlands from Friesland in the Netherlands. And hello back there. Hello. I know you're there. Hello, Miranda, says Bradley. She's smiling and waving hello. She doesn't want to be on camera. Well, Steve, thank you very much for sharing. Thank you so much, Bradley, for sharing my uh, silly stories. Check in. And uh, well, you'll keep in touch with me, I know. And and we'll do, do this from time to time. If there's anything I can do to promote anything, let me know. Same here, buddy. All right. Take care, Steve Kilroy. Thanks so much. He's a drummer.
Bye now. Peace. We're clear in five and four. And